0: Now it is my privilege to introduce the Honorable David E. Jones, Magistrate Judge of United States District Court, Eastern District of Wisconsin. Let me extend a very warm welcome to you all. This is, as a federal judge, the best thing I do ever. Uh, Some people say well, what about you get to marry people and no because about half of those marriages end up on the rocks But when I make new Americans you guys stay Americans for life It is the most solemn and wonderful thing I do so I am I cannot tell you how much I appreciate the opportunity to be here today For this the creation of brand new Americans 127 brand new Americans Let me go ahead. I I like to, in these ceremonies, give everyone a sense of the the geographic breadth of diversity that we have represented in this small room today. Uh, We have uh, representatives from the following nations Afghanistan, Albania, Algeria, Belize, Brazil, Burma, Canada, the People's Republic of China, Colombia. Croatia, Dominican Republic, Egypt, El Salvador, Ethiopia, Eritrea, India, Iran, Iraq, Indonesia, Israel, Jamaica, Jordan, Laos, Macedonia, Mexico, Nigeria, Pakistan, Peru, Philippines, Romania, Russia, Sierra Leone, Singapore, Somalia, Spain, Suriname, Taiwan, Thailand, the Gambia, Trinidad and Tobago. I'm still stinging over that US World Cup loss to you guys, but I'm okay with that. Okay, Trinidad, and Tobago, Turkey, Ukraine, Vietnam, and Yugoslavia. There is almost, we have covered the entire globe. If you were following with your finger on a globe, you would have bounced entire around the entire world a number of times as I recited those countries. That is an absolute phenomenal, phenomenal uh, occurrence that we have this confluence of nationalities to now coalesce and become one people, one nation, Americans. It's also so fitting that we're doing this here at MATC, an institution of higher learning. In the American, in the American journey, what has occurred is that what we used to kind of do with our brawn, we used to pull ourselves up by mining and knocking down forests and stuff. Now Americans advance themselves through education. That's our path out of our past. And so it is so appropriate that we're doing this naturalization service at MATC, a crucial, crucial cog in that pathway upward. Lifting people, my daughter took advantage of the Madison uh, campus of the technical college system to move herself upward, and so many people from so many different and diverse backgrounds use these technical colleges as their way up and forward on their path to the American dream. So it is wonderful that you have made this facility available for us uh, to engage in this solemn ceremony. Before I introduce uh, uh, Naturalization Service Director Kay Leopold for a, a motion, let me just make sure. Do I have my people from the League of Women Voters here? we have the league yes we've got my league people in the back all right i'm going to talk later we're going to talk a little bit about de- protecting and defending the constitution and what that means i will tell you i'm going to go ahead and preview it now the most important thing you can do as american citizens to protect and defend your constitution is vote and the people who will enable you to do that are the league of women voters they are here to register you to vote so you can actually exercise your franchise they don't care who you vote for. They just want you to participate. So I, I cannot tell you how happy I am to see the League here. They are a venerable institution. They've been here for a long time. They keep uh, the glow of democracy going by ensuring that our new Americans are there at the ballot box having their voices heard alongside with everybody else's. So thank you for being here, League. And I do urge my new uh, fellow Americans, please take advantage of the opportunity to register Uh, Because elections are coming, elections have consequences, and it is essential that your voice be counted. All right, the oath. The oath has been a part of the naturalization process since there has been a naturalization process in this country. And there has been a naturalization process in this country since its founding. One of the first laws from the first Congress of the United States was the Naturalization Act of 1790. That's one year after the Constitution. This first law was, the legend has it, drafted by Thomas Jefferson, one of the drafters or the person principally responsible for drafting the Declaration of Independence. That Declaration of Independence, one of its complaints against Great Britain was that Great Britain was interfering with the process of American states naturalizing new citizens. So from our very founding, our founding fathers knew that naturalization was going to be a critical pathway to ensure the vitality of the American experiment. And they put their money where their mouth was by having one of their first statutes provide that pathway to citizenship for new Americans. That pathway included, as I said, an oath of allegiance. And in many respects, it is the same oath you are going to be taking today. The oath divides into two parts. The first part refers to your past. The second part refers to your obligations as American citizens. The critical part about that though is you are, what you're doing is you are renouncing allegiance to foreign sovereignties. Critically, you are not renouncing allegiance or fealty or observation of family or custom or religion or tradition. You have aspects in you that gave you the strength and the fortitude to take a journey that I can't even begin to imagine. You have imagination and courage that stems from these family ties and from your religious beliefs and from your traditions and your customs and your language and your foods. These things you need to bring to America. This is what makes America great. As the professor was stating, we do not become great by simply adding people who look like me we become great by adding people who look and think and act like you. Who bring all of your different ways of viewing things, of taking different views of the world and having different mindsets and melding them into the great American experiment. That's what makes America great. So yes, renounce past allegiance, but please hold firm to those aspects of your culture and traditions and religion that gave you the fortitude and strength to take the journey that has ended here today and now begins your path as a new American. The second part of the oath talks about your future as a citizen, your obligation as a citizen. And it is the most solemn oath there is in our republic. It is the promise to protect and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. It is the same oath taken by the President. It is the same oath taken by Young army officers, I took the um, young members of the military make that same pledge. I made that same pledge when I was a prosecutor and I took that same pledge as a judge. And now you join in this obligation to protect and defend the constitution and laws of the United States. Now the oath itself is a bit of a creature of, of history so it contains a lot of stuff about serving in the armed forces and doing significant civilian work under civilian direction all these types of things, and those can be important. But the reality is, the more realistic and the more profound way you can protect and defend the Constitution is by participating in her governance, by voting, by being politically active. Democracy in America, as you know better than anybody, is a participatory sport. It is not for spectators. It demands that you become involved, that you understand the issues of the day, and that you lend your voice to the debate, an educated voice, a voice of experience, a voice that is seen how it works when it doesn't work as well here. And so your contribution is absolutely critical, and I, I urge you, urge you, please take advantage of the opportunity to, to vote. You're not obligated to vote as an American, but by God, as an American, that's how you protect our Constitution. Your path of citizenship is one that our founders knew from the beginning, knew from the beginning would be so important. In fact, Washington, in a letter to some Irish folk who were not necessarily held in the highest esteem in 1783, indicated too that America is open to receive not only the opulent and respected stranger, but the oppressed and persecuted of all nations and all religions, whom we shall welcome to a participation of all our rights and all our privileges without discrimination." So from our very, very beginnings, we've known how critical it is to be able to welcome people of your energy, your imagination, and your daring to join the American experiment. And it's also such a wonderful thing that you're becoming Americans in Milwaukee, which has been a quintessential immigrant city. We still have a statue to the immigrant mother in Cathedral Square. This was a city that welcomes still to this day the celebration of diverse neighborhoods. If you come here in the summer, you can't avoid a this fest or a that fest or a somebody else fest. We celebrate everybody's backgrounds. And we do that because we know that it makes us such a vibrant, interesting, strong community. So you're becoming Americans in a place that honors what you bring to the table. You can hear a lot in these days about American exceptionalism and what that might mean. Well, let me tell you what it means to me. American exceptionalism means that we try to do something that's really very hard. We try to make a nation state based not on religion or color or any sort of physical characteristic that nations have been using for for thousands of years. We We base a nation on imagination and freedom and ideals. Basically, we are a nation of creed, not color. The creed being that which Jefferson identified so many hundreds of years ago, that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all are created equal, that we're all endowed by our Creator with certain inalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I know all of your journeys were motivated by different things. Some were motivated by a desire to breathe free. Some were motivated by an opportunity for economic economic advancement. Some were motivated just because you wanted to start over. You wanted a place where yesterday didn't matter. What mattered is what you do today and tomorrow. And that place is America, a place where big dreams aren't laughed at but encouraged and fostered, especially in places like this, at MATC, where you're given the tools to make those big dreams actually come true. So I am so happy that you are partaking this journey of citizenship through naturalization. Naturalization being an absolute key. Let me, and it's not just one of these platitudes that I say on a speech, it's just the fact. New Americans like you develop businesses at twice the rate of old Americans like me. Your, Your education levels are higher, your rates of incarceration are lower, Uh, A wonderful stat I saw last year or the year before, there were six Nobel Prizes awarded to Americans for Sciences. Six. All six went to naturalized Americans. So you're not just bringing your work ethic. You're not just bringing your work ethic and a willingness to work hard, that you certainly do, but you are bringing your intelligence, your imagination, your fire, and it's that fire which makes America great. And let me assure you, I understand probably better than most. America was not conceived great. She was stained from the beginning with sin. That sin at the beginning was slavery. In 1790, when Jefferson was writing that first naturalization law, 20% of the American population was enslaved. When Jefferson wrote that great naturalization law in 1790, It allowed for only white people to be naturalized citizens. I must say, if Jefferson were to transport himself here today, he might well be astounded to see the people we are making new Americans. But I have enough faith in Jefferson to believe this as well. Were he to spend an hour with you and talk to you and understand what motivates your desire to be Americans, My guess would be that Jefferson would wipe a tear from his eye like I do after I perform one of these ceremonies and thank his providence that he was able to put into place a mechanism that even though he didn't foresee how it might work out, would result in people like you becoming American citizens and shouldering the responsibility of carrying forward the American experience. And so, let me say to you, and and what we live in is, is troubled times as far as the immigration question goes. Let me say to you as someone whose people came here uh, before this country was a country. My people have been in this nation since the uh, late 1600s. My people have fought in every war this country has had, on both sides of the Civil War. My father was a Vietnam veteran and I was a veteran uh, and during the First Gulf War. The, from my perspective, being a very, very old American, I know that the Constitution views us the same, me and you, my brothers and sisters. And I also know this, the Constitution has a special love for you. a love for you that it will not have for me because the Constitution sees in you the spirit of the Founders, people who are willing to risk everything, people who are Americans by consent, not by the accident of birth like me, but people who had the courage and the fortitude and the faith to forge your identity as Americans. That the Constitution values more than anything because that's the spirit that animated our founders. And it's by your willingness to make the sacrifices you have that you remind us old Americans what it means to be an American. And so I can't think of a better example of when someone says, well, what does an American look like? I would love to bring them to this ceremony. It looks like you. And what does a founder look like? A founder looks like you. People willing to risk all. All so that they, you, and your family can have a better tomorrow. So thank you from an old American for renewing our tree of liberty with your hopes, and your dreams, and your aspirations for making us a greater country. Thank you for making us a much better nation today than she was yesterday. And thank you for the contributions you're going to make the rest of your lives and the rest of your family's lives. And let me leave you with this. In preparing for these Oath of Allegiance ceremonies, I have come upon what I think is one of the great observations I've ever seen about what it means to be American, and it's this. It's the observation that Americans, Americans are born all over the world. They just haven't come home yet. And so let me be the first to welcome you, my brothers and sisters. Welcome home. Your country is so happy to have you. We've missed you, and we can't wait to see what you do. God bless you, God bless your families, and God bless the United States of America.